Hi, Evan. What's going on? How's that dick hanging? Um, right now it's pretty compact. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, give it one direction or the other. It's, it's, it's pretty close to home, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's about a hundred degrees, and uh, yep, yeah. So I just, uh, I just cooled off my room for about five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the temperature is raising pretty dramatically already. It's uh, yep. quite hot out. It's quite hot in here. Yeah. So. Yeah, my car was telling me it was a hundred degrees. The internet's yeah. telling me it's only 95, but I'm willing to believe my car on this one. It's a pretty hot day here. Yeah, I was in uh, I was in Providence yesterday hanging out with a buddy, and we went to uh, Hako Taco, that, mm-hmm. that taco place that I love that we've been to before. Mm-hmm. Just sitting outside, hot sun, drinking some blood orange margaritas. It was very nice. That sounds good. Dude, they were fucking good-ass margaritas. Mm-hmm. I would go for one right now. I was working last night, so I was making margaritas for reprobates like you. (laughs) I was ensuring other people enjoyed their hot summer day. Dude, these are some good fucking margaritas, man. Yeah, I bet. That place is good. Yeah, place rules. It's great. Yeah. You made me eat bugs there. Yeah, I ate bugs yesterday. I put some grasshoppers on my tacos. Here's the thing, man. The way you were raving about those, you're like, oh, they're the best, they're the best, they're the best. They're so good. I mean, they were fine, dude, but I can think of like a hundred things i would rather put on my taco not that they were gross or anything like oh i get them fine. every time dude i get them every time yeah they're I just like no, i think taco. you get them because they're bugs and you like saying that you like bugs no see like this is one of those things where like you just like have come up with a strange scenario in your head but no i think I you're think just a bug boy and you just I like just, bugs i think they're very good they're spicy they're crispy they're crispy they're, the texture's nice yeah and it, between the spice and the crisp it is the perfect addition to the tacos. I don't know, man. There. I think they tasted like dirt. I thought they tasted like crispy dirt. I, I don't think that. Like crispy you think sawdust. That, you think that, and you can have the weird bug thoughts, but no, I just think they're good. They taste like I'm crispy. just a normal person enjoying food. They taste the like sake, crispy sawdust. They taste like You're the only one sawdust. who thinks about things like this. They're the crispy sawdust. <laughs> what? Thinks about what food tastes like? No, no, that thinks that, like, oh, no, he, he he just wants to say that he likes the bugs. That's oh, the no, only I, reason he eats them. I get them every time I go there, bro. I know. I'm just teasing you, man. Like, I just think they taste bad. I think they yeah. taste like, well, not even bad. They just didn't taste like much. They yeah, well, like, you know what? You probably taste bad, too. Almost assuredly. I, <laughs> I wouldn't argue that to save my life. I think uh, that there's a, a select few saintly women in the world who have yeah. taken one for the team. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I... I, I, I would not. I bet you when like a mosquito or something bites you, it goes back to his friends. It's like, dude, that one over there. Uh-uh. That's uh, precisely that's a, that's the opposite of what happens, dude. Because I get absolutely mauled by mosquitoes. <laughs> I think I taste yeah. good as shit, and not even for good reasons. I think it's because I have a. I historically have had a a terrible diet, and my blood is probably tastes like fucking maple syrup. i think i'm fucking delicious to bugs i just think bugs aren't delicious to me they're not you know what i mean those are not mutually exclusive um so folks this is like sort of fake we recorded an episode uh what is today this is recording this on sunday uh 26th of june we recorded an episode on thursday which would have been what the 23rd um yeah and it was really good, and it's a, a very long interview with uh, the, the, the one and only Jimmy Fallon Gong. The incomparable. Yeah, and it really uh, was. Para- it was a- yeah, yeah, the incomparable parapolitical sensation mm-hmm. 
uh, Jimmy Fallon got on the program to chill. And yeah, honestly, we talked for like two hours. I probably could have talked for like two more. I know. I know. I, I It got to the point towards the end where I felt bad because I felt like we were like so enjoying talking to him. And I was like, he probably has a life. And so we let him I mean, he seemed go. like he was enjoying it too. Like after you left, him and I were still talking for like a few more minutes. Yeah, yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I it was a great, a great episode. We're in the middle of making it right now. But we thought we would just tack like a little such and such on to the start of it um because yeah. you know we like to talk about things like hey roe versus wade got overturned yep Woo! yep yeah i think I, I talked about that and uh the only episode of the evan files <laughs> back back when i thought i was gonna have to do some brief ones uh yeah for a little bit but uh, yeah i talked about how the scotus decision had leaked mm-hmm. and seemingly people were more upset or at least you know the people in power were more upset about um, you know, the decision being leaked than the actual decision, uh, and uh, naturally, uh, the response uh, against like seventy five percent of people in this country, um, agree that abortion should be available. Um, mm-hmm. so but you know the Republicans have thrown uh this uh, little bone to their oinking hogs, uh, that want it gone. But even a lot of Republicans are you know pro abortion. This is really um really a disgusting thing that has been decades in the making it's Uh, it's it's the fodder of the uh yeah the fundamentalist christian pig dogs yeah and i also you know so we'll i guess we'll kind of had like a at least at the beginning of the episode you know when we were talking about you know how how power actually works in this country and we're Mm -hmm. sort of talking about like you know about corruption and things like that the base level corruption you know if i were to guess i would say you know, people are seeing uh, lowering uh, birth rates in this country, um, and they're likely, uh, you know, concerned for America and, you know, those capital investments. Right, as a All consumer those, society, yeah, which no longer exactly. produces a fucking thing, if your consumers start disappearing, then what do you have? Yeah. So my guess, you know, just speculation on my part, would be that uh, the powers that be want this overturned because they would like to see the birth rate come back up. Uh, I think there's also some definite true believers. And they know that, that, that yeah. us guys like to leave it in. So yeah, yeah realistically, they... I'll probably just get a vasectomy. You know, those are pretty reversible. And so, hey, joke's on you guys. I'm still dropping cream pies left and right. Yeah, I mean, I usually use a condom, but... That's the safer bet. Yeah. So, yeah, no, what I, I, I can't even say that I usually do anything, because uh, usually what I do is just not get laid, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 just I think it's vasectomy time. Snip snip. Yeah. Snip snap. Snip, yeah, snap, I keep snip, I've snap. seen like a few posts recently and people are just like, Yeah, I just fucking went and did it and you know what? It's like usually reversible. Plus also I don't even know if I want kids, to be honest with you. Yeah. So like, you know, fuck it. It might be time to do my part because they don't make yeah. a pill for me. I would take a pill. Fuck, yeah, I'll take any too. pill. So Yeah, yeah. fuck it. Um, but, um, yeah, so anyway, uh, really disgusting, another horrible thing. And, uh, you know, I saw Kamala Harris uh, made a tweet mm-hmm. uh, this weekend. You know, it was a great one. It was about, um, I'm not going to pull it up right now because I'm literally, like, melting right now. Yeah. And that's going to uh, that's elongate fine. this. But basically saying that, like, um, if you, uh, if you uh, uh, are concerned about these sorts of things, you can just elect people into power. That will not do these sorts of things. And it's like, lady, you are in power. Yeah. You are the one in power. Yeah. 
You like yeah, the when's, when's the, the next? It's fine. When's the next Supreme Court election? Let me know because I'll show up and yeah. I'll vote. Yeah, I will elect new uh, justices. Yeah, happily. But it's like you guys have the presidency, the House, and the Senate. Like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, and instead and then, we have uh, these fucking freaky rapists that have been imbued with like lifelong magisterial power. Yeah. So like, what what what, what are you and talking you know, about? And you know what? I I do think back to Barack Obama when he could have codified it his first term. And he said it was just wasn't a uh, priority. Yep. Well, well, dude, I'm telling you, man. One one of these days, the the whole centrist Democrat thing is going to click into place, and we're gonna it's gonna start working. Yeah. Um, one of these days, see, working with. Yeah, it, you know, it's it is really funny where, uh, in one week you'll have the Democrats say that we need a strong Republican Party, and that you know we need Republicans that we can work with and they're good, and then the next week they're like Republicans are literally Nazis. Uh, it's like yep. which is it? Like yes. At a certain point, <laughs> you're going to have to pick one. The answer like, is yes. Yeah. Um, so, I yeah. Uh, loved... do you want to work with them or are they Nazis? But yeah, yeah. The answer is yes. They they both want to work with them and they are Nazis. Um, <laughs> I found a little thing. Anyway, thing, yeah. Uh, yeah, a little doodad. Um, did you see the video no, of Nancy Pelosi? Um, oh yeah, reading a poem. No. She, so in response to the news that Roe had been overturned, yeah. she uh, like got up and like read, read a poem. And I, I didn't even, I don't remember the content of it at all. I was just laughing too hard. It's like how out of touch she. Yeah, it was like when the, yeah, it was like when the Democrats knelt while wearing those kente cloths. Mm. During the uh, BLM protests, yep, that was like them doing something about it. Was just kneeling, wearing those kente yep. cloths. It's like, oh, good, you solved it. Good job, Thanks, guys. guys. <laughs> hey, way to go! No, really, the Democratic Party—they're—they're they're exactly the same as like you know, like the memes about corporations during Pride Month and how yeah. like nobody gives a fuck about Pride except for right now, and it's because yeah, they can like sell rainbow shirts of, at Target. Uh, gay myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's the Democrats are exactly that, just year round with every yeah. social issue. Yep, they it's just, all they... lip service. It's all lip service. Yeah, yeah, I know. I well, also saw major. something recently where Hillary, you know, she just keeps finding herself in the news. Uh, I forget who is interviewing her, uh, but they brought up you know the trans rights thing, which you know is the human rights issue. Yeah, trans people having access to you know uh, gender affirming. Uh, surgery mm-hmm. and being treated like the humans that they are that's a human's rights issue sure. and hillary was straight up just like yeah we just can't like be getting into discussions about the trans thing with like uh while you know we have people trying to overturn elections and like institute fascism that's yeah. like i feel like i feel like you're instituting fascism by uh starting to deny people human rights <laughs> yeah that's i feel like feels. that's that's uh, that's pretty much the first thing, right? Isn't there a famous poem about first they came for the communists, and I did nothing because I wasn't a communist, then the trade unionists and the Jews, you know, there's a famous poem about that. Yeah. First they come for one, and then once uh, everybody else is gone, there's nobody left to uh, back you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> there is a famous poem like that. Yeah. <laughs> um... I'm melting, so yeah, uh, I don't so. even. I think that was the big thing I wanted to talk about. Is there anything else you wanted to mention before we just like do our little intro? Nope. Um, okay. But yeah, so uh, we uh, the we'll release this episode in two parts. This will be the first one, and uh, I guess I would say keep an open mind about it because 
I think as we talk about it at the beginning, you know, we're going to be discussing a book called Program to Kill, mm-hmm. where all three of us had the same reaction when we first started reading it, which is no fucking way. Yeah. And, you know, by uh, by the time we're about halfway through it and, you know, towards the end and, and finishing it, it's a much different <laughs> yeah. uh, take on it. Yeah, it's a crazy, and, and keep in mind, this is like a pretty conversational episode, so it's not yeah. formatted like the rest of our shows. There's not necessarily a concise point or anything. We're just kind of talking about a broad range of stuff and picking Jimmy's brain, because it's a very pickable brain. Uh, yeah. And yeah, he was a real, a real, he was a real good sport. Um, so yeah, we hope you guys yeah, like it. It was a joy to talk to. A, an absolute uh, pleasure, yeah. It was it yeah. was a really, really cool thing. We'll hopefully be able to have him on again in the future. Um, yep. So we hope you guys like it. This is going to be part one, and then part two will be released on schedule next week with probably another one of these fun little uh, things. And it's only because we got so much good shit. We didn't expect to have hours worth of stuff to work with, and we know yep. you don't want to sit and listen to a three-hour episode. So um, <laughs> without further ado, uh, I guess we'll start the show. Uh, I hope that you guys enjoy, and um, then we'll be back in two weeks with some more Aztecs, and Evan's got some cool-ass shit planned, too. So. Yep. We'll be back to our regular scheduled programming uh, shortly. In a few weeks. Yep. All right. All right. Enjoy well, have it. a safe, uh, have a safe Fourth uh, of July weekend if you're in the states. I know people get kind of fucky and weird too, so I wanted to put that out there. Yep. You know, don't uh, blow your head off with any fireworks or anything. I mean, fireworks rule. It's uh, that holiday. Fireworks bullshit, rule. Just do not hold them in your hands. Yeah, like just, I, we don't want to hear about anybody getting their dicks blown off or anything like that. Yeah, don't put them in your urethra yeah. either. We don't want to hear about you getting fucking. Do not blasted. dock the firework in your. <laughs> Hole. We don't <laughs> want to hear about anybody's prostate getting fucking getting fried by a by yeah. a uh, by an Alabama slammer. That's a drink. Uh, I don't know if there's a firework called that, but it sounded like one. Maybe yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Enjoy, and we will see you guys soon. everybody how's it going welcome to a uh, another exciting episode of left unread and we have a uh, a really exciting one for you guys today as we have a guest uh as always i'm your host evan and i'm joined by my co-host cam hi yeah and uh we're here with jimmy fallon gong the host of the paraly- parapolitical podcast sensation program to chill jimmy what's going on brother not much. Just happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for making the time to uh, to come on. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on. And uh, today we've got uh, well, we, we could probably got our episode that is most off the reservation from uh, from where we usually go. Uh, we're here today to talk about 
the book Program to Kill by Dave McGowan and also the uh, the namesake of Jimmy's podcast, which is one of my favorite uh, podcast titles in the game. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so without really further ado, Jimmy, would you like to uh, kind of introduce Program to Kill and uh, let us know what it's, what it's about? Yeah, absolutely. So, Programmed to Kill is a very, very interesting book. Uh, I would rank it up there in terms of, like, books that will really... I, I hesitate to say mess with your mind, but, like, one of my buddies, Khalid from the Subliminal Jihad podcast, I think he, either he or Dimitri, said that it was almost like an ontological battering ram because it <laughs> mm-hmm. sort of demolishes your idea of <laughs> what's possible in some ways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and I, you know, in your series of episodes uh, about it, uh, you know, you say the same thing. It's like the exact same reaction I had to it. Like when I started reading it, I was like, no fucking way. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, come on, come on, come the fuck on. And it's like the more you read it, the more you like kind of slowly have this like building realization where you're like, son of a fucking bitch. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, yeah. it really, like, slowly, like, breaks you down until you, you start to, like, sit there and, like, you're just, like, just thinking about it throughout the course of the day. Or I'm, <laughs> like, you know, it, it just, like, it completely, like, rewired my brain as I was reading it. And uh, that's really one of the reasons that I wanted to bring you on here uh, to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thank you very much. Because uh, I heartily <laughs> recommend that people read it. If, and I do put the qualifier, if you're in a good mental headspace and if you, like, want to learn this stuff. Because I don't blame anyone for, like, if you don't want to actually, like, deal with true crime and, you know, (laughs) reading at length about some of the worst things out there. Like, I don't blame Mm -hmm. people for just not wanting that in a certain time of their life or whatever. But, yeah. So, the general, I guess conception of the book and this is where some people get tripped up right at the very start is there's a perception that the book says serial killers are made by the government Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, which like there it doesn't the the program to kill thesis is much more complicated than that the program to kill Mm -hmm. thesis is simply attacking the like mind hunter FBI understanding of serial killers, which is to say that they are like stochastic individual, very like oriented around almost like, like an auteur theory style of like killing. And it's sort of Mm -hmm. examining the idea that there are gangs like drug traffickers, occult groups, uh, pedophile networks, and some degree of brainwashing that go into each of these different serial killers not in the same like proportions right and that yeah yeah to a certain degree some of these other ingredients are being uh i wouldn't say repressed certainly in some cases like under examined or under reported is probably how i would put mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. yeah 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 yeah, I, I would say it's, you know, one of the things in, uh, you know, 
you know, I, I, I had heard a few things about this book before I started. One of the things that I did hear, mm-hmm. which is, you know, again, was like what you said, where people were like, oh, yeah, serial killers are like a like a government invention. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's pretty quickly proven to be bullshit by just reading the book, but something that maybe yeah. you would hear other people talk about. And there's also Dave McGowan's kind of like an incendiary writer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like you know at times like he really like sometimes he lays on kind of heavy sometimes and uh <laughs> that's pretty also, like, yeah, he's yeah. Like, i mean i think we were talking about this but like the beginning yeah. of the book like maybe the first i don't know quarter of it is like a lengthy yeah. discussion of pedophile networks and it's like yeah <laughs> that's not at all easy to read about or fun so it's not a book yeah. that like is striving to be popular i guess you could say so uh, yeah it's uh the beginning took me so long to read about because there were times that like i had to put it down for like a few weeks at a time i was like mm-hmm. I, I can't read about this right now um and there's also like you know and you say this too and i think it's your first episode on your fbi versus ptk series that uh he's kind of working within different sort of theses or premises mm-hmm. throughout the book and it's all kind of coming to like a, a one picture which is that the common conception of serial or you know serial killers is not true like the fbi one but it's like he kind of is bringing them in and out at certain points and he's not really making it all that clear all the time um he definitely has an issue whether it's on purpose or not uh that he doesn't clearly state his thesis very clearly yeah up front and for sure it is Possibly by design, but also like it certainly doesn't help. I guess I would say. Yeah, I'm 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 just starting the book, right? I've been in Aztec world for like a whole different series of episodes <laughs> we've been doing, and um, you know, Evan as he was sort of pitching this episode, not that it required much pitching, um, <laughs> he starts describing this book, and I'm like, all right, I I got I gotta fucking read this, and uh, so I'm I'm you know just exiting. The, the, the pedophile sphere and yeah it's it's not a light read it's really not no. and it's also I, I especially when I first started reading it I was texting Evan like every five minutes like is this is this dude f- like what's what is this book what is this is this dude fucking out of his mind like what am I reading right now but then it, like you've been saying like the more you kind of uh, suspend your disbelief maybe or 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 open your mind up to the possibility of of you know the sort of things that he's uh supposing it becomes it it feels more and more logical and it starts to kind of fall into place and you know i think i'm i think i'm programmed to pilled now i'm I'm like fully there (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it is you know and i kind of had a like sort of the precursor like so we have our episodes on the son of sam Mm -hmm. and so kind of like my entire introduction to sort of this idea was the ultimate evil by Maury Terry? Yeah, and like Maury Terry's tough too, cause like you don't really quite know what to make of him. Like he's definitely onto something, but yeah. you're not quite sure if he's onto it the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Cause like he definitely has an axe to grind against the process church in specific and Satanism in general. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But like you know that it was while I was reading that book that I started. You know I kind of had that introduction to okay like clearly like you know i guess we can maybe talk about this a little bit later but like that david berkowitz was like almost assuredly not acting alone and that he was maybe acting with some sort of group and then maybe like engaged 
and this group was maybe also doing some hits as well mm. as random killings it's kind of like what happens there so i already sort of had that basis and then you know, start reading program to kill and there were certain parts of program to kill i felt like i was like levitating at certain <laughs> parts where it's like jesus christ there's no way this is fucking true and then like you look into it like like one of the ones where the one of the true crime authors that wrote about what was his name Stephen Michaud, who wrote about um uh what's his name ted bundy was just like yeah there's actually not a a, a a single shred of physical evidence that incontrovertibly places ted bundy at any one of the crime scenes and you're like what like what are you talking about <laughs> like yeah, yeah no like the son of sam killings it, you're you're right like that is one of several of these cases where people can sort of tell okay David Berkowitz doesn't match the FBI profile for a serial killer, right. both in yeah. the crimes and in how he acts. And like, there's a lot of evidence that he was not acting alone. So it's like, okay, well, if that case is like really bizarre and anomalous, what other cases are, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, you know, I guess, um, and this is kind of like also, you know, this episode will kind of be going along with I guess the the rest of the way that in my episodes I've sort of tackled MK Ultra which is I've kind of talked about it by talking about adjacent things without really like quite getting into it like mm -hmm. I've got my episode about Frank Olson uh, I've got my episode about the Pont Saint Esprit massacre um you know I've got my episode about the Korean War and now we're mm -hmm. going to be talking about program to kill these are all sort of like kind of MK Ultra or you know similar ones like mk naomi artichoke stuff like that uh you know uh you know topics that have to deal with it but um you know for for our listeners out there do you want to just give maybe like a, a brief uh you know kind of a um a brief overview of mk ultra <clears throat> yeah absolutely and <laughs> that we both know that's a hard thing but i'll do yeah. My best. <laughs> yeah no worries yeah brief yeah it's tough because it's just so encompassing of so many things but exactly so a lot of people probably know the basics which is that it was mm -hmm. a series of projects that the u.s government cia plus other agencies were carrying out to study brainwashing and Mm -hmm. As part of that, a major component was studying the effects of various drugs. LSD, yep. marijuana, mescaline, basically anything else that they thought could essentially aid in interrogation and or brainwashing. Now, the interesting aspect to MKUltra is <laughs> it's really hard to pin down when it started. Uh, yeah. Because, as it turns out, there's a whole host of predecessor programs and a bunch of programs that went on after it. Mm -hmm. uh, most of what we know about MKUltra, I'm saying for your listeners, uh, we know mm -hmm. because of congressional hearings where they revealed a fair amount of you know, what we understand to be MKUltra. What was not very clearly explained was, were the predecessor programs, some of the influences, some of the other goals they were trying to work on, 
Um, it's also, it was not ever made particularly clear to the public that they were looking at hypnosis, that they were looking mm -hmm. at other like trance states. <clears throat> they were looking at electroshock and specifically combining these things. And yeah. <laughs> so the traditional narrative that you'll typically hear from like, say you watch a random YouTube explainer video from like a, a yeah. like a media establishment that you would normally maybe trust is that yeah the mk ultra program was a response to the cold war because the spies the U u.s spies were worried that the soviets and the chinese being nefarious communists that they are were doing yeah it's in their nature <laughs> and as you might expect almost <laughs> that story is not particularly true as they were studying like not even like not even close to true right it was true in the sense that <laughs> yeah. they were telling people that and that they were yeah, relying right. on it for propaganda purposes but nevertheless yeah. you know i know you did an episode mm -hmm. on the korean war and the whole thing with the korean flyers um mm -hmm. who were captured and confessing to basically war crimes Yep. Plot twist, yeah. they actually did those war crimes, etc., etc. <laughs> yeah, that's why they were really concerned about what they were saying. Exactly. And yeah. <laughs> so, long story short, MKUltra, a lot of the programs were focused around interrogations. Either defending mm -hmm. our boys against being interrogated, or figuring out how to break enemies that we capture, things of this nature. <clears throat> and... Yeah, so people, like, kind of know that. I think that that is, if you're on Twitter or if you're, like, you know, halfway plugged in, you might know that MKUltra existed, right? That's not in dispute whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. I feel like even, like, things like NPR have done segments mm -hmm. on MKUltra and that stuff. Like, you know, I, I've heard people that are in no way, shape, or form as, like, poisoned as we are mm -hmm. <laughs> by the by the content that we consume and whatnot that have mentioned you know mk ultra and stuff like that you know um so yeah exactly it, it's that's the general outline or at least how it's presented and and you're right you know it's you know in that whole description it's never clear well okay but what was the purpose how did it start when did it end mm -hmm. why did it end you know, it's always presented as this, as this sort of, yeah, well, you know, at the in the early days of the CIA, we did some things that we that weren't good, but we did it because the, the bad guys were also doing mm -hmm. it. But it kind of started before then, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking like, <laughs> uh, there are a bunch of examples of things that were going on before World War II that were not yep. what you could call MK Ultra, but were essentially like researching the same exact topics. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> wouldn't you know the Nazis being Nazis were interested in a lot of the same <laughs> things. So in their mm -hmm. concentration camps, like some people know some of the crazy stuff Mengele got up to, but like yeah, they were researching brainwashing too. Mm -hmm. And yeah. <laughs> those those uh, scientists, the Nazi scientists, were scooped right up along with the rocket scientists and brought over to the Edgewood mm -hmm. Arsenal, mm -hmm. uh, where 
they were, I think primarily, it's pretty well known that a lot of the biological weapons and chemical weapons research from the Nazis were utilized along with their rocketry expertise. Mm -hmm. But an additional element of that was that they were also interested in what the Nazis were able to find with their mescaline experiments on concentration Mm -hmm. camp inmates. Mm. Yep. Would you guys be willing to... No, I was just going to say, if you want to know what they found... Why? Too bad we 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 don't know what happens to that research. Yeah, God. yeah. There's no it's way of mysteriously knowing. Seriously disappeared. Um, Sorry, Cam. What, yeah. what was that? No, no. I was just going to say. So, um, as someone who is uh, probably the least uh, parapolitics uh, sicko in the room right now, <laughs> um, and I'm definitely I, di- I dip my toes in <laughs> the but, healthiest. But, yeah, I. Ugh, I mean. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> one thing that really struck me, you know, as I've started reading this book, and we keep using the term brainwashing, right? Um, and I feel like the book, right off the bat, gives like a really, maybe the most uh, concise and sort of clear um, explanation of, of what exactly brainwashing entails. I think everybody's sort of familiar, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are familiar with the word, at least in terms of like a general kind of zeitgeisty sense, right? Something that gets mentioned in media mm-hmm. a lot. Um, but would you guys be willing to sort of dive a little deeper just into the specific phenomenon of what exactly brainwashing a person entails? Um, because I think people have a very kind of clockwork orange or very media-driven mm-hmm. view of that. Um, but in reading the, the the book, it becomes clear that it's simultaneously kind of more mundane and more freaky and insidious than anything you see in, yeah. in, in media. Well, I mean, you know, personally from, like, at least what I've read, it seems like there's a moment where, and, uh, you know, if you look at, like, kind of, like, the documents, especially right after World War II and stuff like that, there's a point where sort of researching how drugs can help you interrogate somebody, at a certain point, it starts to become, they realize, I don't know, maybe they figured out that you can create certain states of mind with people, especially with certain drug combinations. I mean, they were blasting people with shit like barbiturates and LSD and, you know, all of these different drugs during interrogations. And it seems like I'm not sure which came first, you know, whether it was through exper- uh, through experimenting with, like, things like sensory deprivation and drugs and interrogations. It started to become, all right, now can we actually change who they are or control them in some way. Do you get the same sense, Jimmy? Yeah, absolutely. Because brainwashing is a, like, a lot of things could theoretically fall into that. And then a lot of things that they were studying, you know, Mm -hmm. can go into. So it definitely Mm -hmm. is definitionally, like, it depends on what you're defining as brainwashing. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you're, you're talking about the intro, right? Yeah, when he when he's sort of like really just sort of defining a lot of terms, right? And I, I, I actually found that really yeah, yeah. helpful. Um, and then, of course, he goes into discussion mm-hmm. of, you know, the hypothesis that the best subjects for <laughs> brainwashing would be young minds, um, which is where things start to get really yeah. uh, upsetting and depressing. But um, I know he... he, he <laughs> describes the uh, sort of cocktail of intoxicants uh, 
as being kind of mm-hmm. endless yeah. that that you would subject people to. You know, mm-hmm. everything from alcohol, LSD, marijuana, cocaine, everything kind of all at once. Oh yeah. Um, do you have it there? No, no. But what you're talking about with, with the cocktail, yeah, you come across that. Yeah, all the and time it's really just like reading about this. They were just fucking throwing. How, how many into things can we pump these people full of? Uh, you know, yeah. without killing them. Um, and then how do we use that to kind of just obliterate any sense yeah. of self they have? I, I really liked the um, the likening uh, a dissociative sort of brainwashed state to. Um, you know, he gives very early on the example of your commute home, right, from work, and how often do you <laughs> leave your job, uh, and then all of a sudden you come to and you're, like, pulling into your driveway, and you're like, how the fuck did I just get here? Um, you know, and yeah. so that's something that I think most people have some peripheral experience with in their lives, whether it's driving or whatever. There are times in your life where you kind of find yourself on autopilot. You know, you're performing a task uh, or traveling a route that you've done so many times uh, that your brain is able to kind of compartmentalize and kind of think about other things while you're just performing that task and it doesn't mean that you're not fully aware in a certain sense and your body is not completely capable of operating your vehicle or or whatever um stamping your papers or whatever you're doing um but it can feel really freaky because you don't remember participating um and i found that to be like Mm -hmm. really interesting um Anyway, it's a little bit tangential, but. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, no, for sure, like, one of the main things that McGowan, and of course, the research, honestly, links is mm-hmm. dissociative states. Yeah. And this is interesting, right? Because so, it's sort of, well, it's entirely related to the whole, like, multiple personality disorder thing. Right. Except the current understanding now, what used to be called. MPD is now called DID. So instead mm-hmm. of multiple personality disorder, it's dissociative identity disorder. Which is not to say that like people don't still have quote-unquote multiple personalities under certain times, but that it's better understood now as like dissociative states or like sort of a fracturing of the self rather than some like quote-unquote real Second, existence of yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's not actually mm-hmm. a second person taking up half of your brain space. It's it's those moments or those those times when you are triggered by certain stimuli where your identity dissociates and kind of fractures. It's it's really interesting mm-hmm. stuff. Um, there's also a lot about you know hypnosis, which is something that I'm sure we'll mm-hmm. get more into as the episode continues. And I think um, between yeah. uh, DID and hypnosis, I think those are two really controversial. Um, subjects in terms of you know mainstream psychiatry and psychology people tend to kind of laugh these things off um i remember you know i've uh, freshman year of college some lame comedian hypnotist trying to hypnotize me and you know i was like stoned out of my <laughs> mind and just wouldn't like i just was laughing at the guy and eventually he kicked me off the stage and so since then, I think I, I, I've had this, like, notion that, like, I don't know, man, like, you, you have to be playing along in a certain, on a certain level, right? Um, mm-hmm. But as I'm reading, not even just this book, but um, this book as well, you know, there's, there's some really sort of salient points directing me to sort of reevaluate that approach. And it seems like hypnosis is, is more and more becoming kind of accepted as a legitimate mental state that can be achieved through various means um 
that sort of leads you to this sort of dissociated place where you're conscious, your body's functioning, but you're just not, you know, yeah. you're not behind the wheel. Yeah, like hypnosis for sure is not a science, but at the same time, it is certainly drawing upon real things. Right. And certain people are definitely more susceptible than others. I've heard it anecdotally stated. I I don't know if this is actually true, but I've seen it in MK Ultra literature, like primary sources that like roughly one in five people are like quite susceptible. Roughly one in five people are like not at all susceptible and everyone is somewhere in between. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the same thing. You know, you know, it's also, you know, it's it's you also have certain things like with Ewan Cameron mm-hmm. and his psychic driving, where you know he was also, I mean, he was uh, as opposed to trying to create a dissociative state, he would put people into you know these sort of positions where you know he's just like blasting them with cocktails of drugs, and then it's so much electroshock that some people were breaking their spines and breaking their teeth mm-hmm. from the convulsions. And he would do this to some people for months, just trying to obliterate their old personality and, and sort of implant an entirely new one mm-hmm. on them. And, you know, I think uh, it was in uh, the most recent American Utopia episode where they had, where Alan Dulles had his own fucking son subjected to that after he came back from uh, the Korean War with brain damage. Mm-hmm. He was a great guy, um, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah one of a kind <laughs> truly no that's what just as a side note that's what's so interesting to me with some of these like spooks is that like they will literally yeah. like do this stuff to their own families like yeah. uh yeah. james jesus angleton's like his kids like converted to like some bizarre eastern sect and changed their names to something like indian not obviously no disrespect to india but like yeah. It's like, okay, like, are you just going to become, like, a Hare Krishna? Just, like... <laughs> but, like, the CIA was, like, instrumentalizing yeah. them. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, like, this weird, like, ruining their own there lives. There was no shame. Stuff. It's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, there was there was no shame. And, you know, these people had no shame. They had no... Like, yeah, they they had no sentimentality even for their own kids, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think I said, like, Alan Dulles doing that to his son was like Kronos <laughs> eating his own children in, like, the Greek myth. Mm-hmm. It's just like, whatever it takes, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's your own 
flesh and blood. It doesn't even matter if it's your own kid, your own issue. Like, just doing that is, you know, and uh, I don't know. It was uh, wild to think yeah, about. It's it's too bad that uh, that baby Dulles didn't get the opportunity to slice his way out of his father and murder him with all his brothers. That would have been a way cooler <laughs> end of the story. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess anyway, you know, this is... So we've we've kind of introduced, um, you know, MK Ultra. We've introduced the book Program to Kill, uh, Dave McGowan, sort of the theses of the book. And uh, I guess at this point, it's time to uh, why don't we get into the bloody business of the actual episode? I uh, I suppose we'll give a blanket content warning here because we're gonna discuss some really horrific things. So uh, if you're this far into the episode and you haven't been turned away yet, uh, well. I guess you're going to be on the journey with us from here on out. So, Jimmy, do you want to uh, you want to talk about some cases? Yeah, for sure. And I did want to say, um, let's see here, because we talked about how McGowan sort of leads with the pedophile network thing, mm-hmm. which I think was an intentional choice. A lot of people saw mm-hmm. the Jeffrey Epstein thing, right, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. lost their freaking minds, right. rightfully so. Yeah, it was a mind bending thing. One of the maybe once in a generation or maybe just a couple times a generation where like it's almost like the mask falls off and like you see like the inner workings of power and it's like horrifying yeah you see the man behind the curtain yeah yeah and so mcgowan goes through these different you know pedophile networks and there's one in particular that excuse me i was kind of young when this story mm-hmm. broke, but I don't know if you guys remember Dennis Hastert. The name rings a bell. He was the Speaker of the House <laughs> for Congress, and yeah. then it came out that he was more or less a prolific pedophile. Mm. And this is like a sitting congressman, and not yeah, like yeah, a yeah. minor yeah. one, but like one of the most important... Like the third in yeah, line of speaker, power. That's right. Like, so I... I just looked him up, and I totally recognize this. Yeah, he was Speaker of the House, 99 to 2007. Yeah. Oh, man. Now, he was a pedophile, right? And, mm-hmm. like, it's there was not really a reckoning, like, how did that happen? Like, wh- right. wait, wait mm-hmm. a minute, like, record scratch, like, how did we get to this point? Mm-hmm. And, of course, like, with Epstein, you know, the... And, like, there's no indication that, like, Hastert was at all connected to Epstein is the extra terrifying part, right? It would almost be more comforting if there were, like, ties there, but, like, there's not. Yeah. So, you got to ask yourself, you know, we have not just the FBI, not just the CIA, but we have roughly, like, 15 or so federal intelligence agencies. We have the NSA Mm -hmm. that monitors just about everything. Do you think that they didn't know that Hastert was a pedophile? Right. I mean, yeah, he's the, he's right. the speaker of the house. That's profile like the third in line for the presidency. Yeah. You know what I mean? He would have to basically and, uh, have a secret service agent probably most of the time he was around, right? Like, right. Mm-hmm. So somebody saw something. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I I can't I can't remember if it was programmed to kill, or if it was something else. It may have been something else, but where. It has that the some people who had this blackmail about them, um, uh, 
they uh, it actually sometimes benefits their career when they have this blackmail because you know these people that you know, say that you have the levers of power you know these people that are actually in power uh, if they have this blackmail on you and you're somebody like the speaker of the house of representatives or you're just a representative you will do whatever they want you to do mm-hmm. right and if you'll do whatever they want you to do because they know that they have this blackmail they can just keep putting you into higher positions of power because you'll do whatever they want you right. to do. You know what it's I like mean? They're almost right. willing to offer, you know, whether regardless of the specifics, right? But in this case, we're talking about a, someone who's a pedophile. You know, a lot of these mm-hmm. these uh, intelligence agencies seem to engage in in sort of offering up, in this case, kids as almost like sacrificial lambs mm-hmm. to say, "All right, let's let him do the bad thing. Then we'll have evidence of him doing the bad thing, and then we can and just know use that ball. against him indefinitely." Um, and mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's funny. It, so uh, a quick aside, something that I've been thinking about, and before we dive much deeper into specifically pedophile rings in government, right? Because I think that's something that's been a large part of public disport, discourse for the last several years um, mm-hmm. for kind of less... Um, grounded. Yes, reasons. less grounded reason, right? right? And so I'm sort of referring to QAnon as the big example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how, do we, how do we sort of responsibly, you know, steer people away from some of the elements of this sort of subject matter that can get kind of crackpotty um, while still acknowledging, like, you don't have to believe in lizard people and and, and adrenochrome yeah. to accept the fact that there are, you know, evil people in positions of power. Um, I feel like a lot of people struggle with the sort of middle ground of acknowledging, like, there are almost certainly, or there are certainly, elite pedophile rings operating in every major government. And then, at the same time, kind of distance yourself from some of the more, you know, hokey aspects of belief structure like that. Yeah. Well, I would personally say that uh, probably the conspiracy that maybe I most uh, believe in is that QAnon is a psyop. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's exactly for this reason. Like, you know what I mean? And especially, like, if you look at, like, the early adopters of QAnon and how it was promoted, it was by, like, known spooks like Jack Posobiec. Mm-hmm. You've got, like, Roger Stone. You've got Mike Cernovich. It was the same thing with Pizzagate. And it works so effectively to shitcoat um, actually looking into things right. like, you know, the Franklin scandal or, like, the Mark DeTrue affair or even Jeffrey Epstein and stuff like that. And you kind of see sort of the same thing like with all of a sudden QAnon got really into JFK around late November of last mm-hmm. year. And like even where like our podcast was, had like people like harass us yeah. on Twitter because we did an episode about Oliver Stone's JFK hmm. and people w- thought that we were QAnon. Yeah, there was that one person it. who really went after yeah, us yeah, that just and like, like couldn't get over the fact non-stop. that we weren't like pro-Q trolls. It was like, and we just were saying right. like, listen, I think you should just listen to the episode <laughs> but, um, yeah yeah i mean no that you make a great point i think that it it pretty and i mean i brought it up sort of to get to this um this point which is that like it seems like you know assuming that something like QAnon is a, a psyop it really concisely and neatly sort of kills two birds with one stone and that you get people that are yeah. you know maybe more grounded individuals uh who will sort of just write off all claims of that sort assuming that it's all associated with some hokey conspiracy theory and then people on the other end who get so deeply invested in these you know sort of wild and off-the-cuff interpretations of reality that you can very equally easily dismiss them as just crackpots 
Um, and then it's like, Works yeah, really the well, whole yeah. the whole thing is suddenly washed away. And, and, you know, you're either, you know, if you start talking about stuff like this, about elite pedophile rings, suddenly you're lumped in with the crazies. Or, you know, if you don't want to be seen that way, you just sort of disavow any belief in that to begin with. And it just seems like a really, like a knife's edge that you have to kind of walk to dabble in this stuff without kind of falling off into one or the other camp. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's so true because like, (coughs) excuse me, everyone I know, like who engages with my show or who I just talk to about all this stuff, everyone I know is like, grounded normal like the the people that i interact with most are actually like dads so it's like (laughs) i don't actually know anyone who's really like unhinged right right so it's like yeah we're all we're all like pretty normal dudes yeah (laughs) and so like it's interesting because like there absolutely is a playbook to control things like that yeah and in fact if you look at counterintelligence manuals there's even Mm. specific instructions for how to like disrupt a forum or like mm-hmm. essentially like yep. grind to a halt like a you know political party so like there is definitely a playbook and this was a classic example of that mm. QAnon I mean mm-hmm. and like it's interesting too because a lot of people have remarked about how QAnon was like almost like this grab bag of like a million different things somehow getting plugged into this grand overarching theory but like none of like it's part of like this weird one of my buddies uses the phrase cultic milieu so it's like Mm. all of Mm -hmm. these like weird like some crunchy granola health food stuff and Mm -hmm. some weird like militia movement ideas and like you just throw everything into like this gumbo and like you can sort of like pull you can almost like pull an operation like a psychological operation out of it whenever you need to to like just yeah. shit coat something totally. and that's what they do yeah. that was one of the things that i found the most interesting about that particular phenomenon is that like you can have all these people who simultaneously will you know espouse an idea as ridiculous but basically benign as like sunning your butthole and then at the same time <laughs> you know these people are you know, equally invested in the notion that, like, you know, there there are dungeons underneath. What was the Museum of Art? There's some Museum of Art in, like, Philadelphia or something. It felt oh. like the basement was a network of mazes filled with just, like, <laughs> torture domes. And it's like, and, the, you know, one brain can kind of have both of those really legitimate beliefs uh, housed in it. And it just yeah. started to get so wild. It's like, how do you wake up every day and just have all of that swimming around and take it all completely for granted. Anyway, I don't mean to derail the entire subject, but um, I just saw kind of a, a, an inroad there that I wanted to, to touch mm-hmm. base on. <laughs> well, I was going to say to return to your original point, Cam, that it's interesting, right? Because people will say like, with say, I don't know, I'm just picking the Democrats because it's easy, but like, why don't they just legalize marijuana? It would be incredibly popular and they would presumably have electoral success with that. Or why right. don't they, I don't know, do some, I don't know, healthcare? Or why don't they, like, do some uh, student loan forgiveness? Or, you know, literally any policy that people would actually want or vote for. And mm-hmm. I don't think that it makes sense to chalk it all up to pedophile entrapment networks, but I don't think that it does not play a role. 
Right. It is yeah. one well, reason why no politician will just do the popular thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and there's other things too, like uh, like that idiot Madison Cawthorn. Yeah. When he, you know, <laughs> like just like you know, what I mean, like. It, you know, there's a whole, I guess, tangent we can go off down there. Oh, I'm going to insert uh, the audio of that tape right yeah. here. investigation for like insider trading and it's like you know he, he was like one of those true believers that like don't like you know he wouldn't do the cocaine orgies mm-hmm. but he still does the base level corruption that everybody else right. does and it was sort of like what the like what the fuck's wrong with you like you're like you know what i mean so like all of them do that i mean like nancy pelosi is like worth hundreds of millions of dollars you know what i mean she doesn't need to be a As pedophile a to be completely servant, right exactly yeah no, right literally they are all guilty of insider trading and they can just yeah. selectively they, prosecute when they need to yeah mm-hmm. yeah Right, so yeah, so you don't even necessarily need the pedophile thing. All you have to do is say it's like, "Hey Nancy, you weren't with hundred, you weren't worth hundreds of millions before you got into Congress, but now you are, and you have this like huge stock portfolio." Mm-hmm. And so you know, it's just this all this whole level baseline. You corrupt somebody, and from there you can just yeah, yeah, they're not going to do the popular thing because if they did, then they would go to jail. Right, and then every so often they toss some peripheral, you know, branch on mm-hmm. the greater tree they prune it and toss it away to us as like a mm-hmm. see we care we we hey hogs, jeffrey epstein yeah. we got him but it's like case that's closed. right and well that's the thing yeah. it's like the the whole view of the epstein thing was like case closed and it's like no 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 we're, what about the lists i keep hearing about these lists like what about galane like what about what, the yeah. you know and then it's just like oh nope open and shut case watson like we we've we've cracked the case <laughs> of the of the <laughs> Of the nasty diddler, and like, and that, and that's it. Like, all of a sudden, we can just what move on as a society. It's like, no, nah, man. There's, there's yeah. so, and it's, it, it, I guess, uh, the thing that bothers me the most is like, we've reached a, a point, you know, in our society where we all have so much access to so much information that most of this stuff is is just below the surface, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's not yeah. even like you can really effectively mask a lot of these uh, more conspiratorial views on things like Epstein because everybody kind of low-key knows there's more to it, and we're all just sort of comfortable, like, you know, I say we all broadly mm-hmm. are sort mm-hmm. of comfortable just accepting, like, ah, all right, like, th- that's a lousy story. I'm happy to move on to the next fucking awful thing. And, um... Even though, you know, nobody that I talk to, like, believes that he wasn't murdered. Nobody that I talk to is like, that's yeah. it. He was acting alone. Like, everybody knows there's more to it. It's it's really frustrating. I mean, even, like, with JFK still, I think, like, JFK still, the majority of Americans believe that there was more to it than yeah, the Warren totally. Commission. And basically everybody that doesn't is, like, a Democratic Party operative. Right. Like, <laughs> that's really like, a Democratic Party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. Isn't that strange? <laughs> Which is hysterical. But it's it's weird that the Democrats the are like the most hardline on like uh, the JFK thing. Well, it's because they benefit from the system, and the system's the one who's telling them that. 
you know, nothing happened there. And, you know, the system has done them well. Why, why would they go against it? interesting because like before like before Epstein there was Hastert before Hastert there was you know the Madam call girl thing there was Craig Spence before that there was Franklin so mm-hmm. you're, you get to a point where you're like okay so like when did this even start and the answer is it's probably yeah. always been like that sure but yes yeah. or at least like maybe it was more decentralized or something back then but like Either way, like, mm-hmm. if politics is warfare, and by other means, then you will yep. basically use any means, and certain people will use any means at their disposal, up to and including pedophile networks. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to, I mean, to your point of, like, when did this start, I think if you look at it historically, it's it's far more likely that the that the abuse and you know again to just use a specific example like the pedophilia goes back to the dawn of power structures period and the only thing that's changed is the 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 need to keep things like that more secret or secret at all right like mm-hmm. you go back you know we do a lot of stuff on ancient history you know you go back to like emperor tiberius he just had little kids in his swimming pool like it and you know what i mean and everyone knew it and uh, at least according to sure some right and that i'm yeah. just making an example like you know yeah, at, yeah. at a you go back far enough you know if you're powerful enough like whatever there's no internet there's no there's no news there's no whatever you just kind of do whatever you want and i feel like it's it's a relatively mm-hmm. modern uh phenomenon that people in positions like that have to kind of cover their tracks and watch their backs and so it's not that the, 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 the pedophilia networks and things like that are new. It's that us caring as, like, the general public and having access to that information is new. And so, like, the obstacles are new yeah. for those people. <clears throat> Absolutely. And so, like, <laughs> I suppose in some ways we've gotten a feel, like, a ways from, like, the program to kill thesis. Yeah, but sorry. It's <laughs> yeah. Still, no, it's, it's important still, I think. And, like... yeah. So the premise is McGowan lays out that there are all of these different pedophile networks. I think most people who are on the internet understand that there are pedophiles out there and so forth. So the essentially there's an idea that there's that. Then separately there are 
you know, groups that traffic drugs. I think we all know about cartels, things of this nature, but like, it's interesting, right? Because <clears throat> before it was like terrifying, like Mexican cartels, it was just <laughs> Italian Americans. <laughs> and they were trafficking <laughs> out of literally pizza restaurants, right? Right. Which yep. it's interesting, right? Pizza restaurants given like Pizzagate and so forth. But, mm-hmm. like, and like, so there are different groups that will traffic drugs and they will basically you know they don't all look like cartels right and then Mm -hmm. separate from that there are occult groups and this is where I think people do tend to start zoning out if they're not open to this idea that like satanic groups are usually bad actually (laughs) yeah Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like, the Process Church straight up just had, like, generally speaking, if you're going to be putting a swastika on your publication, there's probably going to be some sickos in your group, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, there's this idea, and I don't really understand where it comes from, that, like, Satanists are harmless, and it's like, I'm not going to, like, make my whole life oriented around Satanists, I truly don't find them very interesting but mm-hmm. it's pretty clear you know well you know in particular from like the son of sam thing that like mm-hmm. some of those groups are like hey fuck it let's just try to be like the devil and that right. includes yeah doing some really fucked up shit and yeah generally speaking if your your ideology is do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law you know it's kind of like I mean, it's just like, you know, it's like libertarian stuff, you know what I mean, sure. generally speaking. You know, <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people... There's going to be peop- There's going to be some not great people that that sort of ideology draws. Right. I think a lot of people think of, like, the surface level, like, Levain Satanists, which are, you know, just, like, kind of lame goths, you know? <laughs> and and they assume that that's, like, the, the, the summation of that larger and extremely varied group. Um, when in reality, like, yeah, of course, there's there's going to be some real freaky, freaky deekies out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And in some ways, it's almost good cover, right? Like, sure. being mm-hmm. like <laughs> a sexed up, like, nerd in IT, <laughs> you, which is the overwhelming majority of Satanists. It's like, yeah, sex nerds. Most of them are, in fact, harmless to yeah. a certain degree. But like, yeah, certain groups, and like you can go th- down the list and list off a whole bunch of different groups that, you know, I think McGowan and maybe Mari Terry talk about how like for some people, they are true believers, and for others, they mm-hmm. are basically manipulating people into doing crimes for them. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true for cults in general. Right. Yeah. So, like, that's definitely true. Yeah. A given person in a cult, the leader might not believe anything. A, a given member might believe everything. And right. Like, either yeah. way, they're both doing like crime together. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. That. So that's another another aspect of the early book. Um, that. Uh, you know, I texted Evan. I was like, "Wait a second, is is this guy like?" making the claim that like the satanic panic was like justified and he was like everyone's like i I don't know man i don't know man read the book like uh, 
I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and it's 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 interesting because I've been spending a lot of time thinking about that specifically. You know, it's another it's sort of like we were talking about QAnon and like you said, it's kind of a good cover that like you you convince yeah. everybody that like it's just this kind of bullshit joke and that gives a really great sort of uh, veneer behind which, you know, maybe it's the minority of these satanic groups that are actually engaging in this ritualized violence but if they're out there they're out there yeah. right and um any of that going on is 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 awful so um <clears throat> let me yeah yeah i mean no, go ahead. at least for like the satanic panic the way that i would look at it is like where the cia used the mafia mm-hmm. and then at a certain point right. when the heat got too hot they threw the mafia to the walls yeah the idea would kind of be like the satanic panic is maybe a little like that like some of these groups or maybe doing things for power, you know, people sure. in power or intelligence. And then at a certain point, the heat gets too hot. And it kind of baked in from the start that you could throw these throw these groups to the wolves. And then that's kind of what happens, you know? Yeah, like, you guys you guys ever watch pro wrestling? Uh, yeah. Now more yeah. than ever, weirdly. When I was younger, yeah. for sure. <laughs> oh, really? Well, uh, not new okay. pro wrestling. I've been, like, <clears throat> obsessed with vintage pro wrestling. I've been watching, like, all the old Hell Raws and that. Nitros and, yeah. Hells yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so you guys probably know what I'm talking about. So, the satanic panic, and I've talked about this with a lot of people, it's not my idea, but like, I am very into this, that it was basically pro wrestling kayfabe. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. check this out, the okay. people most vociferously against the satanists were like, right-wing Christians of a type that were almost clearly just cranks. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so we're talking about, like, different churches, certain televangelists, certain talk radio... Or not talk radio, like, daytime television, like Geraldo, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the people on the flip side who were, like, defending themselves were all dressed like vampires. <laughs> right. <laughs> and were, like, yeah. clearly... <laughs> just like crazy goth people who were like yeah actually <laughs> actually this is harmless and we celebrate human liberation like michael aquino literally for those who don't know michael aquino was a yeah. army psychological operation psychological operations officer and he yep. dressed like a vampire and mm. he had stupid spock eyebrows things of this nature anyway he was credibly accused of pedophilia. Yeah. And he went on talk shows to defend Satanism. He had a whole satanic church, etc. So And he and he's a psyop guy, right. exactly. He's a so psyop like, guy. Right. He literally yeah. does psychological operations for the army. He right. was like in Vietnam doing Lord knows what heinous shit. Yeah. So like yeah, he was I, he was involved in Iran Contra too. Right, right. So like, yeah, <laughs> it's pro wrestling. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in, but the queen. I'm not okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a very good way to put it. Yeah, which, which is not to say that Satanic Panic did not well, th- like certain events that we talk about when we talk about Satanic Panic were real actually. Right. Like, mm-hmm. the, if you research McMartin and Presidio, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. horrifying stuff. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah. Because it's like some of the kids, maybe not all of their claims were like the gods, you know, truth. Obviously, they're little children. But like, who yeah. gave these kids venereal diseases, you know? Right. Like, yeah. Someone was diddling them. Like, yeah. Yeah. It don't, like, separate from whether or not they saw some, you know, thing that would be called magic or something. Right. So, like, mm-hmm. long story short, there is this narrative that I think is very prevalent. Like, if you were to just listen to, like, NPR or something, I think the general consensus mm-hmm. is that there was nothing to the satanic panic. Right. And in mm-hmm. reality, in several of these cases, like, kids got venereal diseases, like, yeah. things that, like, are demonstrably showing that something was happening. Yeah. Whether or not yeah. it was, like, an organized group of Satanists, or who knows, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's all sort of happening so, under the cover yeah. of this broader panic, and it's like, how do you pick one of these cases out from another? And you know what I mean? It, yeah, it creates the smokescreen. Exactly. So hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. spooky, weird shit like that. But yeah. That mm-hmm. it. <laughs> it's tough, right? Like yeah. with the satanic panic, but that is the what I personally believe, and it took me a while <laughs> combing through some heinous shit to come to that conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. So, McGowan. <clears throat> like lays out all this stuff about pedophile networks he lays out about drug trafficking groups and about different occult groups that may or may not engage in the other two activities and then Mm -hmm. you know we've been talking about brainwashing all of this leading to the point where he basically goes through probably i would i would not say every serial killer but he goes through almost every serial killer yeah and just starts it's like he gets a needle and he starts poking holes everywhere yeah yeah just like quoting newspaper articles on this quoting like evidence here and here and just poking holes in every single story and i mean yeah yeah Yeah, especially the part where he's going in the santa cruz shit Mm -hmm. and it's just like yeah i mean and when he starts fucking bringing in dr lund Mm -hmm. In all of these, he's talking about the fucking same exact defense teams for a bunch of these assholes. These guys are going to the same fucking, like, institutions before their serial killings. Then going to Vacaville. The amount of times that, like, Vacaville comes up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that that's the point when I was just like, my brain just starts leaking through my ears as I'm reading this. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Well, I've been trying to read this right. book like before I go to bed, and I've had to. <laughs> oh yeah, to nix that's that. fucked. I, like I've not, done that too. That's when I do most of my I reading. I have dreams about it, <laughs> dude. It's yeah, it's 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 not light reading. It's really not. I know I said that at the start, no. but I'm uh, and I'm committed to. I'm gonna finish this book, but it's a it's a fucked yeah. up book. Well, it's <laughs> yeah. Funny. I still think I have like a couple dozen pages or something. I haven't quite finished it, but yeah. Well, it's funny too, right? Because like with almost no book, you you never like. If you have a friend who's reading War and Peace, you're never like, "Hey, buddy, you gotta pace yourself with that shit." Right. Yeah. <laughs> but like, especially in the war parts, you have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the peace parts yeah. you can blaze through, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, 
But yeah, no, with this book, you can definitely do, like, some serious psychic damage to yourself. Well, that's the first thing Evan said and to like, me. Yeah, he was like, listen, man, yeah. like, you're, because I, you know, I'm, I was coming out of kind of like a, like a tough, a tough patch, and he was just like, listen, man, I'm all for you reading this, but like, I'm going to need you to take it slow. And I was like, no, 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 this sounds great, this sounds great. No, he was right. <laughs> it's, take it slow. Yeah. If anybody out there is listening, we keep That's, reiterating, like, you should read yeah. this. It's it's wild. It's the most bananas shit I've read in a really long time. Yeah. Um, take it slow. <laughs> oh, especially, like, so there have been, like, as I've been reading it, like, you know, there was that one moment where my dad's girlfriend brought up that she was reading or she was watching that John Wayne Gacy mm-hmm documentary on netflix mm-hmm. and she's like talking about it like while a bunch of us are there and i'm just sitting here with my I'm just sitting here with like my, my mouth and my hands i'm like do not do not start talking this is not dinner about table program talk. to kill right now this is your family dude <laughs> <laughs> so i'm just like sitting there like biting my tongue like all right just save this save this for the freaks you're friends with don't yeah yeah don't yeah don't just start talking to random people about fucking program to kill All right, folks, we hope you enjoyed part one of our interview with the one and only Jimmy Fallon Gong. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more demented nonsense, tune in next week, same time, same place, for another exciting installment of Left Unread. He just appeared to be uh, a fellow, you know, that I thought they were looking for because they had all these tattoos on him. Did you check the tattoos? Yeah, that was the first thing that I looked at. I looked at the uh, uh, the article uh, uh, that I read. I remember it, uh, he had this one uh, saying uh, in quotes, uh, born to raise hell on his left arm. Did you find it there? Well, it was the left arm was covered with blood. So uh, the other girls were working on him on the other side, starting an IV. So I took just some regular saliva and I just washed the blood off his arm and I and a bee started coming out, and I got a little faster, and, and it, started, it said born, you know, so I went a little bit further, and it said born to raise hell.